Dame is saying, I don't care what you do, you put me in that starting lineup, we're going to be a threat in this conference. And we are back. Y'all know that's right. Back again for another episode of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir. And as always, rocking with you on another illustrious episode of the Hoop Plug, it's your boy Faraz in the building. And I got with me the man who needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyways. My brother, my partner in crime, my co-host, co-CEO, stir fry to the top. How you feeling, my brother? Hey, my dog. I'm feeling good, bro. I'm feeling good because, man, it's a good day to have a good day. You could be negative, right? There's always something to complain about. There's enough issues in this world on the brink of the recession. But why be negative, right? Why talk about the worst roster construction in the NBA with the LA Lakers? Why talk about how disappointing the 76ers have been when you can keep it positive, right? We got (laughs) some things to look forward to in life. Some unexpected blessings, if you will. And uh, there's two teams that know exactly what I'm talking about because they're sitting at 3-0, even though they have no business doing it. What's up, Jazz? <laughs> What's up, Portland Trailblazers? We got that and a lot more on the jam-packed episode of The Hoop Plug. But before that, how you feeling, my brother, my dog? I'm feeling good, my brother. You know what I'm saying? We are live. You know what I'm saying? Regular season Hoop Plug is back. And boy, yes, what sir. a regular season it has been, man. I'm excited, bro. I'm I'm. Glad to get back on wax. I'm glad to really talk to you guys about today, man, because we got some surprising stuff here. Really and truly surprising. That's that's facts. And uh, surprising is the perfect word to describe the Utah Jazz sitting at 3-0 and and beating some pretty good <laughs> squads to get there because they're looking like the washed out headlights on a Toyota Corolla and those ugly highlighter jerseys. Kelly Olenek is stumbling into game winners. Things are simply just falling their way. I know Danny Ainge is sitting up in the press box, scratching his head like, why is this ragtag bunch winning games? We're supposed to be getting Victor Wimbayama. Danny Ainge out here GMing when he doesn't even realize he's GMing. This man tanked and got better. How? Where they do that at? You know what I'm saying? Um, they traded away their two best players, right, for a team of role players. You know what I mean? Jordan Clarkson is probably one of the biggest names on that roster for keeping it a full stack. And this Jazz team has been looking invincible. Listen, man, all I know is this. You either you hate him or you love him. But you got to tip your hat off to Danny Ainge and what he does for any franchise in their front office. Regardless of how this season plays out, they could go 3-78 and for the rest of the 79 for the rest of the season, right? But... He was able to make this team better for the future, get a bunch of young pieces, get a bunch of draft. Like, Danny Ainge must have the basketball mind of Albert Einstein. That's the only thing I could think of, (laughs) you know? Hey, trust me, he ain't doing this on purpose, all right? But that's why we (laughs) love sports. You roll them balls out, and you see what happens. Because anything is possible, in the wise words of Kevin Garnett, right? You can do all the speculation you want, all the preseason rankings, all the power rankings, but on any given night, a team of NBA talent players can pull it out a game and and three games at that. It's just so (laughs) interesting that thing got caught. It's just so interesting that this is happening in Utah of all places. Just look how far we've come, bro. Like 
three years ago, it was given. We already know who's going to be in the finals. The regular season felt meaningless. I'm a credit to just the prominence of a three-pointer. And if you're making them, how any team can win on every night, any night. But it seems like we're so far away from that. Like, yes, the Warriors look like world beaters again, but even they have a loss. I mean, it's just so good for the game that there's parity amongst the 30 NBA teams. Ty, beautifully said, man. And this is probably one of the first times, right, where you see teams you expect to be at the bottom, at the top, and vice versa, where you have the big names like the Rockets and the Lakers. I mean, the Kings at one point, the Thunder at one point. These were all the best teams, not only in the conference, but in the league, right? So you mentioned it. It's a beautiful thing for the game. I mean, maybe not a beautiful thing for those franchises like the Lakers, but it's a beautiful thing for the game. It shows that it's not top-heavy. You made the beautiful point of we got three or four years of Golden State Cleveland back to back to back to back, and it was boring. It was bad for the game of basketball. I mean, you love to see Steph go off, and you love to see LeBron lose the way that he did. (laughs) Got to throw that shade, but... You said it. The league is much more balanced now. Speak, the talent has always been there, but this was very much a league. If you didn't have a star, you weren't winning games. I think it speaks to the level of talent. And I think, like you said, the three-pointer also is the biggest contributing factor because now you don't have to be dominant to score. You know what I'm saying? You could be six-one light-skinned killer with no physical, no real physical attributes whatsoever. Once you've got a good handle and a great shot, you can dominate the league. And so... At the end of the day, you don't need to be Shaq anymore to win rings. or You don't need to be LeBron to win rings, you know? So I, nice. I love that. I love that. And you talked about something, and that's the talent across the NBA. While you saw those two players that did leave Utah, there were some good names that they not only brought in, but that remain. Laurie Markkinen, while he's not going to average 25 for the rest of the season, he is a solid player. I know you got some love for him, former Bull. Jordan Clarkson, he gets busy. Kelly Olynyk still on the team. Colin Sexton is one of the bright young stars, even though he got disrespected in free agency. Mike Conley, sure. Rudy Gay. Like, they got some names. It ain't just THT. Scrubs. Yeah, they THT. got they got Malik Beasley. He's a very respectable NBA player. Mike Conley. Like, you're right. They do have a decent roster. Yeah, but the question here is, right, like, Okay, what are you trying to do, Danny Ainge? What is the plan? And I think we got a little pump and dump situation happening in Utah. He's trying to pump the value up, see how good they can look. Lori, please average 24. Jordan Clarkson, look like you had another step after six men of the year. Your ceiling is even higher because we're trying to trade you and we want to bait you as well. Make you look as valuable (laughs) as possible before we ship you to the highest bidder. Ty, great point, man. Actually, I didn't even think about that aspect at all because, right, Laurie Markin and who he was last season and Laurie Markin and after three games this season, I I think it's safe to say his value has jumped at least a little bit, right? And if you apply that across the board, um, yeah, you're basically getting $10. You're getting a dollar out of 15 cents, basically, nice. you know? So, man, maybe – and again, I know Danny Ainge probably did this by accident, but I st- – I still got to speak to the basketball mind that is him because as much as I hate talking about him and making our podcast about him as sometimes he often <laughs> frequents our podcast, the guy just, whether it's he knows what he's doing or he's just so lucky or a combination of both, but Danny Ainge has got it. When it comes to general manager, that's somebody you want in your front office, plain and simple. He's good at what he does. There's no disputing that.
All right, last angle I want to take it from. Adam Silver came out and started talking about not this situation specifically, but tanking at large in the NBA. And it was a pretty strong statement, but really what made me question it is the timing, right? This came maybe the after opening night, like right around that timeline. So he said he considered relegation. If you know soccer, if you follow that at all, you know what relegation is, but it's pretty much moving a team from the main stage, from the NBA into the lower ranks. So in the NBA's case, that would be G League. And he considered that as a punishment for blatant tanking in the NBA. Now he said he couldn't consider it for long because G League teams weren't equipped to step up, hold an NBA crowd, or compete for that matter. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter how good the best G League team is, they're not going to be worse than the worst NBA team. But just that he was considering go to the going to these lengths I think was a little subliminal message for all 30 teams, right? I know y'all love this kid, Vic, but don't get too excited over there. We're going to slap you on the wrist. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's a cool idea. I think if you think about the situation for a little bit, right, um, you, you doesn't take a rocket science to, scientist to realize the Kings would kill every team in the G League. <laughs> and they don't have, like, and no other team has the inf infrastructure to host them and vice versa, but right? So Lakers. to me, well, <laughs> this is the other thing that I was going to say, and that's just quite disrespectful, right? The opposite end, you can't relegate somebody without bringing the champion up. So I don't know. Like, first off, how does it work? Santa Cruz Warriors versus the Golden State Warriors, right? And... Who's at home? And do the Warriors have a Santa Cruz that, that is have a different stadium than the Oakland Stadium? Do they can they support an NBA crowd? Like there's there's so many logistical questions that pop into my mind. But if we're talking about the game of basketball, you're gonna see a better product. I mean, what you're gonna have to do is now I maybe lower the draft. Uh, I mean, I, it still be thirty, but my question is this, right? How do you how does it not work in the draft? Is the last year's championship champion automatically get that last place in the nba spot in the draft and based on those odds is how you get a pick like there's so many questions but honestly there's so though, many it would be great but not to, to get away from that altogether. you mentioned it do not tank for vic adam is not playing with y'all this year if you suck <laughs> you suck you deserve him you know what i'm saying and if but you're do gonna do tank. it you better be low-key on a sneak you know what i'm saying covering your p's and q's <laughs> facts 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 so yeah um and another thing man shouts out adam silver man this guy is always finding ways to change up the league and deviating from the norm which for the most part so far has been a positive thing so shouts out adam silver next facts. up on this list bro the team honestly especially after their last year moves that i expected to be in this position was not the team we're about to mention you know what i mean we're talking about the portland trailblazers right Damian Dallas still showing he's a top 10 guy in the NBA. Still showing I could do this on my own. Relax. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it shows they got off to a strong 3-0 start, beating some pretty decent teams, man. What are your thoughts on the Trailblazers, bro? You want to break it down for us a little bit? Oh, yeah. I love to see this, right? Dame is saying, I don't care what you do. You put me in that starting lineup. We're going to be a threat in this conference. And yep. how does he do that? Not by the leadership, even though that's a big part of he does, but by the closing. You've seen that he's already hit the PG step back for a game winner. You know what I'm saying? It's back-to-back -back 40 balls. This guy is ridiculous. This guy is ridiculous. 
he doesn't get the props he deserves as one of the top PGs of a generation. And, and yes, that's what he is. There's no doubt about it. Loyalty has gotten damned to the position that he's in. You know, when everyone else was out chasing rings and chasing big teams and chasing competitive franchise, he said, you know what? Started off with LaMarcus Aldridge them. We, we did all right. I think we, I think we could get close. I think we could win one here in Portland. And he's not wrong, but it takes talent. It takes time. They need a lot of pieces. They're not one or two pieces away from a championship. You know what I mean? And I think if Dame went to the Lakers, if Dame went to, I don't even know, the Bucks or the Brooklyn Nets of the world or even the Chicago Bulls, right? We're talking about a completely different Damian Lillard, right? But because he stayed with the small market literally by themselves in the tip of the Western coast, like hours, an hour, a couple hours away from Cali, right? A couple hours away from everywhere else, you know? So all that goes hand in hand. They have some of the lowest national, uh, nationally televised games out of all the franchises, especially out of all the successful franchises, right? We've never seen a team be in the playoffs so consistently, have winning records so consistently, and it's hard to catch a game on TV. So this is not a fault of Damien's. This has nothing to do with his production and what he's put out on the floor. But sometimes it's not about you, but your situation, man. And I think that's the number one fault for Damian Lillard. It's not that he's not good enough to be in these conversations. It's that he's not recognized enough, you know? Yeah. And one shout to Chauncey Billups, second year, right? He got a healthy Dame, which is going to help tremendously. So um, I, I just like to see – I was a fan of him as a player. I'm, I'm glad that he's winning some games down in Portland. Hopefully they can keep it up and uh, compete for the rest of the season. A big help for them has, outside of Dame has been Anthony Simons. He's completely mm-hmm. stepped up, ran away with that two-guard starting spot, and it's really felt like you can't even see the loss of CJ. CJ who? They're not even noticing it. I'm going to be real, bro. I did not expect him to take that next step like he did. That shocked me. That's facts. And one thing, when you were talking about uh, attendance, or not attendance, just them being so remote uh, in Portland, I saw this stat and blew my mind. The Brooklyn Nets ranked last in season ticket sales across the 30 NBA franchises. And for a team located in not only Brooklyn, but New York City. I can't even wrap my head around this, bro. But it was because, and thanks to Malcolm, he's who's been a guest, friend of the show. He's a season ticket holder for the Brooklyn Nets. He let me know that they actually raised their prices this year. <laughs> KD, not even sure if he's coming back. Kyrie, messing with y'all. Got your owner by the balls. And messing y'all raising prices. They had... 5,500 season ticket holders this year. That's it. Whoa. Whoa. And uh, Ty, you want to just for the people at home who don't really have a reference, what's the average? Like, what are we looking at per team? Like the lowest team other than the Nets, right? Probably in the 10,000 range we're talking about here, right? So especially yeah, in arena I'm that not, can host. I'm not sure on that exact number, but I can only imagine. Like 5,000? That's crazy low. Oh, I mean, I knew the crowd was... It's, it's kind of a quiet building. It feels more like a club than a, a basketball arena when the game is going on. But, man, that's just another chink in the armor for Brooklyn. Ugh, it's a mess. I don't see this team lasting very long, you know. Um, and like you mentioned, Kyrie's only here because he wanted his money. 
Kyrie ain't taking no six mil to play for anybody. I'm sorry. Lakers are not. So he's going to secure his dough and then get moved the way he wants to get moved. So um, I think that's what we're seeing here for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, KD, I don't think is as much of a a guarantee that you'll lock him in, that he could tr- that he wants to be traded. But, I mean, if Kyrie's gone, you can expect KD, KD to be gone. And, <laughs> he ain't uh, trying to uh, hang the bag <laughs> with Ben Simmons. Oh, he goes now, you got Ben Simmons. Like, you lost everybody. And got Ben Simmons. I would rather take D'Lo and uh, what's his name? Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie's team right now over that team, to be quite frank. Because that team was fun. That team was exciting. They had potential, you know? So, hey, man. But I want to give you guys actually a quick little inside story. Um, You mentioned Chauncey Billups, coach, current coach of the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, my old high school coach, Coach Leonard Redwine, you know what I'm saying? Shouts out, Red. Shouts out, Coach Redwine, Shouts. man. He was the GOAT. Um, still around today. We're going to try and get him on a podcast soon. But Coach Redwine played ball at a very high level. Um, and actually growing up, he grew up in the same town as Chauncey Billups. You know what I mean? Hey. And so there'd be times we'd clown him. We'd be like, yo, Red, you always talking about Chauncey. My one friend made the joke. He's like, yeah. Red was probably like outside Chauncey's door. Like, Chauncey, Chauncey want to come out to play <laughs> you know what i'm saying like but um not all jokes aside they played high school ball together um chauncey billups is, is the truth man y'all y'all gotta hear some of these stories maybe when we get him on wax he'll be able to break it down but yeah shouts out coach red shouts out chauncey man what chauncey came up from to where he was winning a championship with the most underrated team in nba champion history i don't even know how to describe it the least famous the the worst it's not worse but i mean that is not a team when you think championship, you think the 2004 Detroit Pistons, you know? So that all starts with Chauncey Billups, big shot. You know, well, I don't even know what his nickname is right now, to be honest. But Sheed yeah. Wallace. Yeah. Sheed, Tayshaun you know, Prince, the gang. Ben Wallace. The gang. They, had, they had some shooters. They had some players, you know what I'm saying? But it ain't, it ain't 96, 97 Bulls. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Ain't the 0102 Lakers, you know? So uh, I can think of another squad that that's neither of those guys and not by a long shot, and that's this year's Lakers. Ah, uh, they're going outside, bro. It's it's getting depressing watching these games, and it's almost bullying that they're on primetime every night because they're forcing us to watch it. <laughs> the commentators are trying to do their best to to defend one of their one of their peers, a uh, 75 legend. But it's just so bad right now in Los Angeles. And me and Faraz, uh, we're trying to be positive, but we got to get out the blame pie, man. We got to break down who's most at fault for the awful 0-3 start from the Los Angeles Lakers. I got to get right into it. I saw the first game of the season. So Russ didn't play that bad. He was actually one of the most efficient players on the court. He could keep this up. Lakers will be okay. Fortunately, since that first game, Russell Westbrook has been unable to even replicate, even get sniff that same amount of efficiency. I'm not asking for the scoring. I'm not asking for all that. I'm just asking for efficiency. You know what I mean? Be Russell Westbrook. Mm. I'm not saying Russell Westbrook always put up good shots, but Russell Westbrook was consistent. He was an, he was efficient. He, he had confidence. You know what I mean? Uh, this Russell Westbrook is not the same, you know? And I can't always fault Russ, right? The only positive spot to this Lakers team is one LeBron's J- LeBron James. Nobody else is getting slack. You might you might give Kanon a little bit of slack here and there. A couple other guy role players. You may you may I like Austin Reeves. He's been playing well. Pat Bev has not been bad, but 
Anthony Davis, bro, you are soft. 22 is not good enough for you. You need to be the one averaging 30. You need to be the one putting up the 28. Not Braun. Braun is 40. Like, he's not 40 yet, you know what I'm saying? Shouts out Braun, but he's getting there. AD, you were brought to be the workhorse. LeBron is not the number one option on this team. As much as you want it to be, not him, but everybody, right? You think LeBron, LeBron. LeBron was brought in to be the number one on paper, but the number two scoring option. You were brought in to carry the load. You're the young buck, top five guy when you were brought in, potential MVP candidate. Where is that Anthony Davis? Anthony yeah. Davis looks like a wannabe stress, stretch four who can't stretch the floor. Come on, AD. You, you held it down on, on rebounding last night, but dog, where's that killer instinct that was in New Orleans, bro? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so my blame pie is going to shock a lot of people because I'm, I'm going to get this out the way. Russell Westbrook's only getting 1% of the blame. Oh, you shit. knew who he was. You knew who Russell Westbrook was since UCLA. All right. He ain't never going <laughs> to shoot the ball well. That doesn't make him awful. But if you let him hurt you and you don't set him up to succeed, damn, this is what you're going to get. All right. So 50% of this blame pie. Get your bib out. Rob Palinka, eat up. 50% of the blame is on you. Okay. 25% of the blame is Genie for hiring Rob Palinka. <laughs> eat up. Lunchtime. I got a smooth 15%. For Anthony Davis, because like you said, man, he is not the same guy. He didn't bamboozled Lakers fans into thinking that bubble thing was real. <laughs> Serious, now, I don't know he... what that leaves me at. I haven't been an accountant since the last six months. But <laughs> I'll tell you what, the rest of that blame, <laughs> the rest of it is going to Phil Jackson. You know why? Why Phil Jackson? He hasn't even been around the organization because I don't like how he did mellow. All right. And, and if he did mellow better, he would still be in New York. He wouldn't have went to OKC. Russell Westbrook would have been more confident. He still wouldn't have been in OKC right now. OK, so it all goes back to Phil. Listen, man, you either you got to hold him accountable. You either love him or you hate him. Mostly you love him. But Phil Jackson, we're going to give you your shine when you're winning six rings and, and three peats. We're going to give you your credit when the credit ain't good. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you can never do my boy mellow that dirty. You know what I'm saying? Um, I say all that to say this, bro. One person who didn't catch the blame from yourself and from a lot of people, right, is one Darwin Ham. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out my boy Darwin Ham. I don't know if it was the ingrown hair or the Lakers got him so stressed out that he's got a blood vessel in his head oh, the size of a yeah. freaking potato that's about to burst, right? But... Shouts out Darwin Ham, man. A lot of people feel the way that you and I feel, that a lot of blame is to be, you know, given, but not to him. He's done his best with the tools that he's gotten. He's done his best to work around them and give confidence to the players that he has. He's done everything a coach is supposed to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could sit there all day and be like, yeah, we'd be a better team if we got a better shooter as opposed to Russell Westbrook, even if he's not as good as Russ, you know? But nah, he said F that. These are my guys, whether they're here next year or not, they're here this year, and I got to build these relationships. I got to do the best with what I've got. And I think that Darwin Ham is a positive sign. Unfortunately, everything else is not, except LeBron. You got LeBron, of course, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's tough. And uh, outside of opening night, which was a disaster, they have been competitive, right? It's not looking pretty, but it is competitive down to the wire game, so you can't get mad at him for that.
hundred percent, hundred percent. Especially losing one hundred four, one hundred six to the Blazers on Russell Westbrook coming up and putting up a mid range jumper with thirty seconds left. They could have at least withdrew the clock out, at least drawn the clock out, whether they score or not. They score, they're up by more. So three pointer doesn't get lose them the game, you know. So yeah. Yeah, you can't blame Darwin Ham. And that's another thing. I think that if Russell Westbrook's confidence was clicking, he doesn't make that decision. You know, but it's like when everything is going wrong, everything is going to get worse, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. It's time. It's time. Throwback Thursdays, they're starting for the hoop plug. So I'm not sure. I think it's going to get it to the, to the regular pod, but we're definitely going to put out on YouTube. So make sure you guys are running over to catch the visuals for that. First one to kick it off, right? We're talking perfect duos for NBA legends. If we had to drop them in today's NBA and assign them with their tag team partner, who do you think would be the best match? We're going to kick it off with none other than the Diesel. Big Shaquille O'Neal. Just to clarify, bro, we're talking about today's NBA players with this NBA legend. Absolutely. Okay. Um, The first one for me is a relatively simple choice. I mean... I wish that this was 10 years ago so this player could have been in his prime because it's, it's not going to hit as much as when I say it now. But I think you put a prime CP3 or even a couple three, four years ago CP3 with Shaquille O'Neal right now. It's one of the deadliest duos of all time. I don't think it gets better than that. CP3 is a guy who was able to shoot the three. As soon as I said, I think of somebody who could be better. <laughs> Scratch CP3. We going with Steph, baby. Steph and Shaq. Okay. Pick and roll all day. Oh, man, that would be an amazing sight to see. That's facts. The only question is Shaq going to be willing to set 35 screens in a possession like that Golden State offense likes. That's <laughs> true. Just the big man in the post. Wobbicky chicken. <laughs> Wobbicky chicken all day. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to do all that running stuff. When I clap, hit me. <laughs> Yo, and, and that's the thing. You already know Stephen will have that same energy as Kobe. You already know Stephen will tell him nothing about showing up to camp fat. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be like, yeah, Shaq, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> you know, For this so, one, we got one of the top 10 Mount Rushmore guys in Shaquille O'Neal. I need him to help someone out. So I went with a little creative pick, giving him a sniper, Trey Young, because we all know he's going to help space the court for Shaq. But it's the passing I really want to see, the lobs, the transition. You know what I mean? Trey can dish that thing as well as shoot it. I think that's a dynamic duo. And put him in ATL. That thing is fire. They're taking over. That is fire. That is fire. Shaq, you know, lives in Atlanta due to the NBA TV and everything that he's a he part of. He can still keep the postgame job. He can, still, he can be the, he can do whatever he wants. He's Shaq Diesel. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I like that. I think Trey Young um, is a Steph Curry prototype who has done his own to implement his own style. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I mean, I think we're close. I think we're close for show, for show. I think Lana's system runs a little bit better, so I think Trey Young Shaq will be nice. Next one up on this list, my brother, Larry Bird. Mm. Who, who are we pairing Larry Bird with? So I was stuck between two guys, two guys here that I think would be perfect for them. The first one, you know, it's, it's just for the culture, and not particularly my culture, but I know y'all would love to see it. I want to put him with Luka to Don Dantich. I know they play the Woo. same position, but... That would be something to see. All right. You know, Luca likes to to they both can pass the ball too, man. They would be moving. Ah, oh, it would be beautiful basketball. So that's a great that's great. I love that. Um, I have two for this one, and I think this would be 
The first one probably better than the second one, but I could see the second one winning more while the first one being more fun. Um, I'm pairing Larry Bird with Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid. Bro, I think you pair pair Larry Bird with any one of those guys. Jokic, those guys play similar games. Larry Bird is able he's able to do all the things that he wants at the center who can also facilitate. Like to me that's a scary combination. But then you even go the more traditional route with Joel Embiid. They may not be flashy passing, but those guys are dogs. Larry Legend is a dog. A lot of people don't realize how much of a killer he actually was. You pair those two guys together, I see Joel and Larry throwing on one of these you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah so if you said two i'm gonna say my second two shit All you right. might as well so fuck my it, second like... pick for larry is john morant we got Woo! the ultimate fire and ice you know larry's slow <laughs> slow roaming up the court but he's taking it up in the high post we got john morant on a backdoor cut he's throwing lobs up oh my gosh i like it i like it i like it that's sick um, yeah, you're not going to get any disagreement from me. And I think when you have a small forward, you could go either way. Like with a point guard, more than likely you're going to need a small forward or a center, or a, a forward. You know what I'm saying? But when you got a three, you could go either. You're not going to usually go four, but you could go four. But you're going to go either a center or a guard, which, I, you know, I think it could go either way for this Larry one. So I like that. I like that. Uh, that sounds nice to me. Next one up on this list, bro. Probably... The coolest person to ever step onto a basketball court ever. Not only being dominant, not only being top 75, not only stealing one from the supposed to be 4444 Los Angeles Lakers. It's none other than Allen Iverson, bro. And I already know who I want. I ain't even going to second guess it. AI and ZW. That's Zion Williamson, bro. Imagine them two pairing up in Philly. Oh, my God. God, Ali Oops, you get the three-point shooting from Zion. AI, he can mix it up. I see them fools. I, I see AI averaging 30, Zion averaging 26, AI going average like eight, nine assists. Like that's that's a team that I'd be scared of, you know? Oh, that's that's not a bad pick at all. For me, I'm going the Greek freak. Cause you put Giannis in transition with AI. These two <laughs> ticker tape. Ticker tape. Okay. You <laughs> picked the one guy fire. more dominant. You picked the one guy more dominant than Zion. I wish I had thought of him. Like, yeah. that's actually the best, fire. The best defender in the league, the most versatile defender in the league, and an offensive phenom. Oh, they're going to rip it off. They're going to rip one off. Yeah. And real quick, big shouts out to Giannis. We didn't touch on this, right? The man the other night scored 44 points in 28 on minutes. 17 of 20 from the field. 17 wow. of 20. Everyone stand up because you're witnessing greatness. Yeah, that's that's how used to it we've gotten that we didn't even think to put it on a rundown. Mainstream media ain't talking about it. Nah, like 44 off 20 shots, three misses in 28 minutes. Crazy. He just steps on the floor and he just doesn't stop going to work. He literally does whatever he wants. He's like, all right, guys, when I'm on the floor for my 28 minutes, my 30 minutes, give the ball, get that out the way. You know what I'm saying? And that's how this offense operates with Giannis on the floor. Word. Word. All right. Next up on this legend list, right, we put him in today's NBA. Who would you want to see him matched up with the big O, the original Mr. Triple Double? I'm going to I'm gonna go. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm between KD. That's a good and 
Dame Dalla, right? You need to give it to some. He needs to be able to pass to someone. I'm gonna go Dame. I'm gonna go Dame, right? We got the stretch point guard and Oscar. Why don't you give him a traditional six-two-six-three guard to back court with, in the back court with him? He's launching from thirty-five. Oscar <laughs> doing his thing, run the post, old man gaming. I like it. I like that. What you? I got? like that. Um, it's very rare that I think that you can't do much better, right? Because obviously, you know, Shaq and Kobe, um, MJ and, and Scotty, right? Like you're not gonna find another or a better rob into those batmans or vice versa right oscar robinson had the pleasure of playing with one lou alcindor during his career and winning a championship no we're talking about today's nba legends but i think it's very rare that you have guys that i think they played with their perfect like that would have been a perfect dynamic duo if they could have kept those guys together but we're talking about today's nba game i think you alluded to it i think kd is probably your best bet with a, with a guy like Oscar Robertson, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, guy able to stretch the floor and get his own with or without the ball. And then, Matt, you know, Oscar, one of the greatest at facilitating. So that's something I think that that could work out pretty nice. Word. And last but not least on this list, man, the Magic Man, Magic Johnson. You know what I mean? Um, For me, I think you got to replicate the teams that he's already had. And he was the most successful with Kareem and and James Worthy, right? But I'm not going to give him a center. Oh, no. I'm going to give him a guy who's having the best season of his career so far. I'm going to give him a young Jason Tatum. I think you throw mm. those guys together. That is a deadly combination. Great pick. Great pick. You, oh, yeah, that's perfect. And he can still fly. He can still catch the lobs. He's going to give him the spacing he needs in today's game. I like that pick. I like that pick. I went for, I was thinking first a high flyer, right? I want to go Zion, but he for needs sure. a little bit more shooting as well. So I'm going to go with Zach Levine. He's Ooh. going to be flying on the fast break, sprinting to the corners in transition. I like the magic Zach Levine d- duo. I like that, man. Shouts out Chicago, bro. I mean, we're not going to talk about their record right now, but shouts out. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Zach Levine finding his way. Zach Levine has entered the chat, bro. Zach Levine has just entered the chat. I love it. Um, if I I want to say Zach, but, you know, I, I got to go Jason. As much as I love Zach, man, he's not as good as JT, you no. know? Can't give it to him. Not quite. Not quite. So, yeah, guys, you know, we, we let y'all know who we think our perfect duos would be for some NBA legends, some NBA top 75. You know what I'm saying? We broke down current status of the Los Angeles losers, I mean Lakers, you know. And uh, we talked about two teams that really surprised us this offseason. I mean, this is the first episode of many for the 2022-2023 regular season, guys. And we appreciate you tuning in, locking in. Before we get out of here, just a brief message from our sponsors. That's the good folks at EvanAlexanderGrooming.com. Make sure you guys are plugging in that promo code, hoop underscore, plug underscore. Getting everything you need to keep that beard crisp right you know what I'm saying? No patchy beards. No itchy beards either, bro. Take care of your stuff. Over at EvanAlexanderGrooming.com. And while you're there, don't forget to plug in promo code hoop underscore plug underscore support and EvanAlexanderGrooming.com. It's supporting the hoop plug. It's supporting the hoop plug, supporting yourself. And as I always say, well, shout out DJ Kai. I can't take the man's quote, but don't ever... 
play yourself. You know what I'm saying? So without further ado, that wraps it up for another episode of The Hoop Plug. And as always, put some flavor in here.